So good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Carmen Mir, and I'm the chief editor of the European Association of Urology and the Euro Oncology Platform for Kidney Cancer. Today we are in Chicago, and uh, this is a 2023 annual meeting of the American Urology Association. And we have the privilege today to interview Professor Kudikov. Uh, Professor Kudikov is chair and, profe and professor of the Department of Urology at Fox Chase Cancer Center in Philadelphia, Temple University. And he's also an endowed chair for Roberta Chellers on Urologic Oncology. Within the last 15 to 20 years, he has become uh, one of the key opinion leaders in urologic oncology, and he was one of the pioneers in establishing complexity for uh, renal masses, being nowadays renal score one of the most commonly used methods for complexity measurement. Welcome to our uh, get-together. So first of all, we wanted to ask you briefly, how would you describe uh, your contribution to the AUA-SUO talk uh, this after, tomorrow afternoon that is on uh, com complications after robotic partial nephectomy? Well, thanks so much for having me. Super fun. Um, so yes, tomorrow I was asked to speak to complications of partial nephrectomy. Um, I'm flattered that uh, the field thinks I'm an expert in that, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know it's sort of something um, that I think we need to understand and uh, we need to uh, manage and we need to inform our patients about. I mean, this is what it's all about: getting our patients through surgery with as few complications as possible, but. Uh, we don't know if we don't measure and we can't manage if we don't understand. So tomorrow I was asked to, you know, really a quick talk to speak uh, to that topic. Um, I think you can really break up uh, partial nephrectomy complications into four buckets. Mm -hmm. um, one is really vascular complications. Vascular complications, kidney, you know, 25% of cardiac output goes through the kidney, incredibly vascular organ. And so, you know, as we all know, the most common complications for kidney surgery are vascular complications. Then um, the other sort of bucket of complications, yeah, urinary complications, and mainly urinary leak um, following repair. Uh, then just like every surgery, you know, there is um, injury to surrounding structures when we get into a retroperitoneum or get into the peritoneum and start moving um, organs around, there's always a risk. Um, and the fourth sort of uh, category of complications that I, I'm going to speak about is, uh, I think doesn't get enough attention, but is, is sort of, and, you know, I consider it a complication. I think something that we really need to uh, manage, document better. Uh, and that is a non-R0 resection. It's basically when we try to do a partial nephrectomy and we potentially don't get all the tumor out or we violate the tumor. And you know, all of us who do a lot of these surgeries, hopefully it happens very, very rarely, but it does happen. And that's something that we really need to manage. Um, so, you know, as far as the vascular complications, there's bleeding, um, which, you know, as surgeons, we, we always try to be as meticulous as possible, but this is, you know, something that happens. And uh, we just need to be able to... Uh, um, anticipated and manage it effectively. And as we know, this, um, I mean, the number is something like 1.2 liters per minute of blood goes through both kidneys. So, I mean, it's an amazing amount of blood that goes every, you know, every minute through our kidneys. And so, 
you know, even a small little vessel that's not appropriately controlled or, you know, during anesthesia, during wake up, the patient is coughing and something, something pops off, you can have a r- real problem. And, you know, the, here, the, it's sort of meticulous control, but also awareness and also, a, you know, sort of timely management. Mm-hmm. But the other, the other piece that I, I, I sort of, um, I think the literature is a little confusing and I, I, I you know, is sort of, as, as you really see it in your practice, you know, these arterial venous uh, fistulas or uh, pseudoaneurysms, you know, when I was a resident, for instance, I didn't really understand that very well. How does this happen? Is it the needle going through a side of the vessel and then the vessel pops out or yeah. something heals together? I don't think it's any of those. I mean, it's all this is, is basically a little blood vessel in the resection bed that wasn't secure properly. And you did your anorophy over that vessel and it's basically bleeding into a potential space. Mm -hmm. And then it's decompressing through the collecting system. And that's why you're having this stuttering hematuria. Very very frustrating problem. Uh, But also, you know, with a good interventional radiology team can be managed effectively. And again, a big, big part of this is anticipating. And here you really got to inform your patient. It's, uh, you know, the patients cannot ignore hematuria. This is a very delayed complication, sometimes, you know, on average, actually two weeks out. So you got to tell patients everything can be peachy. Everything can be great. It's all high fives. But, you know, if you all of a sudden start peeing ketchup, you got to get yourself to an emergency room and you got to call right. us, right? It's rare, but, you know, something that you got to address, uh, you know, mm-hmm. sort of appropriately and in a timely way. Nice. So since you are one of the pioneers uh, for the complexity measurement, like especially with the renal score, how do you think these uh, new technologies are going to evolve this um, com- uh, management with uh, complexity uh, measurement into the 3D modeling? How do you yeah. vision the field? I mean, the, the whole idea here is how to uh, quantify and objectify reporting of you know, the relationship of the renal mass to the rest of the kidney. Um, and, you know, the renal score, you know, it's it, it's sort of it got traction and it's popular, but, you know, it's very primitive. It doesn't, you yeah. know, it doesn't uh, capture all the nuance and it doesn't uh, communicate all the detail. It and doesn't really translate also into the complication rates. Sure, yes, so yes. Maybe I mean, the 3D might help. 3D absolutely will help. But also, you know, there's um, really great work that's being done, and some of it is being presented at the AUA, is, you know, machine learning now sort of trying to tease out some of these variables that we're probably not even appreciating, um, it, you know, when we look at radiographic imaging. Uh, and, you know, this is, this is still, you know, I know chat GPT is about to take over the world, but <laughs> the, you know, as far as deep learning on renal imaging, we're still in, in, in the early phases, but there's, you know, really great work by, uh, folks like Chris Waite at, um, Cleveland Clinic, who is, you know, using, um, some of these algorithms to, for instance, just calculate the renal score. I mean, we, you know, we, we collaborated on a paper with, with, with Chris's team, uh, on, you know, using, you know, uh, software to basically generate a, the nephrometry score, which, you know, obviously a computer can do quite well. Um, although it's not a trivial task. I mean, just teaching the model to identify the mass, it's quite mm-hmm. tricky. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just to, for, to understand where the kidney is and what it's looking at and where the mass is. I mean, there's a lot of barriers to this, but I think that's where the field is going. It's, you know, it's, it's really, um, understanding this relationship of the tumor to the kidney and, 
you know, beyond even complications, beyond, um, you know, sort of the obvious things that us as surgeons worry about, you know, what is the biology? I mean, is there's probably so much information that's stitched into that imaging that we're completely disregarding where a, you know, a robust deep learning algorithm can uh, tease out and, and really inform us. I mean, we still operate on, you know, 20%, 30% of benign masses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the data that coming out of our center, for instance, some of the new novel imaging like Sistemibi, um, you know, in, in our hands wasn't as robust as, uh, as, 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 as the initial reports. So uh, I think we really need a better way to identify these really low um, malignant potential or benign masses, um, uh, you know, beyond sticking a needle into the kidney, which, you know, is safe, very safe and, you know, should be done. But there are a lot of barriers to that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think the, these, the deep learning technology is going to sort of get us there. So that takes us to the final question. So how do you think this uh, artificial intelligence will help us during surgery, like preventing these complications, like telling us, oh, don't go this way, go that way, because your chances of going through the right path are better than others? Yeah. So, you know, it, you know it's really, I mean, just this, this AI revolution that's happening is a really fascinating space. I mean, look, all this intelligence uh, that, you know, that is is emergent property of, uh, for instance, chat GPT, right? My, under, you know, and I don't want to oversell my expertise, but my understanding is you really optimize um uh, optimize an algorithm that tries to find the best next word in a string, right? Mm-hmm. And then you roll it out on this enormous data set like the 2021 internet. And then you have this emergent property of what appears to us as sort of almost, you know, yeah. uh, intelligence, right? So, you know, how, I mean, AI is coming. It's probably not coming for surgeons first, right? It's coming for pathologists, for radiologists, you know, mm-hmm. but it's coming. Um, and, you know, we probably, uh, are okay for, you know, for, for the next yes. couple of decades, hopefully, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, there's no doubt that it's, like you said, it's going to assist us. It's going to, but it's, you know, what I'll, what I'll leave you with is it has to figure it out once, once it figures it out once, that's yeah. it, right? It takes 30 plus years to train a surgeon, right? It's 30 plus years. You start with, you know, a child and then you have to groom them and then to become a surgeon. AI, once it figures out once, you copy that algorithm and you can have, you know, N number of surgeons in seconds, correct? So uh, it's it's coming. Thank you very much uh, for being with us today and for taking our invitation and for to have you sometime soon. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs>